hello. Is it the Diaz book club you're looking for? Because I think it really is. Because we're talking bars today. Oh. <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello. And w- welcome to the Diaz book club. <laughs> yes, we are back for part two of Bards. My name is Fiona. And with me, as always, is my own Bard. It's Lionel Richie. It's Lionel Richie. Welcome, Lionel. <laughs> so glad you could be here. Uh, but standing behind Lionel, Can you is, get of off course... the ceiling, mate. Just yeah. <laughs> Actually, could you get that cobweb? That's yeah. fantastic. Uh, but standing behind Lionel is, of course, Hamilton. How are you Hello. doing, Hamilton? <laughs> I'm all right. He's off. He's gone now. Oh, God, imagine all the royalties we have to pay. I know. <laughs> but yes, we are back for round two. Bars round two. Yeah, Battle of the Bands. We were obviously last week. We went through all the different uh, class features from the basic vanilla bard, as you mm-hmm. say, and now we're going to look at all the colleges, which is the subclasses that we can get. Now, what order do we want to do these in? I think should we just do it? In, well, we should do the uh, players' handbook ones first because those yeah. are the ones that were available for a long time. Okay. And then I think maybe Xanathar's, then Tasha's, Van Richten, okay. and then Taldor is the most recent. Those are. I, I, Written it all down. I am. Oh, look at you! I know. Look at that. No, no one can see it, but I have my notion all up. Also, I can tell you that Fiona is not a psychopath because she has everything with a black background and white text. Not anyone who doesn't have dark mode. Psychopath. Notion keeps logging me out every so often, and it's like, oh, do you want it normal? I was like, no, dark mode, like my soul. Exactly. All right. So Bard Colleges uh, is described as the way bards seek other bards to swap songs and stories and boast about their accomplishments and share knowledge. They form loose associations, which they call colleges, to facilitate their gatherings and preserve their traditions. Although you could absolutely treat it, as we said last week, as an actual uh, sort of form of training, whether it be like one bardic mentor or going to an actual school yeah. i mean like a conservatoire or even like you know you can even go down to like school of rock levels you know uh that would be <laughs> so we were in this class and then a weird guy turned up as a substitute teacher and made us join a battle of the bands yeah it sounds pretty much like a dt adventure <laughs> And as we said before, and we'll keep saying again, you don't have to be musical to be a bard. You could be someone that is more about public speaking. Mm-hmm. I actually was thinking on the uh, when I was rereading this for today's episode, I was thinking actually a bard could be easily be a stand-up comedian, and you just yeah. got to come up with as many terrible one-liner jokes as yeah. possible, and and see. And if, if someone moans, you're like, yeah, psychic damage. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I was on the train, and I thought train announcers could be bards, and I was like, oh, you know what? That's yeah. a good one. And yeah. that, because I was thinking there was famously in London 10 years ago a singing train driver on the tube who used really? to sing. And there was also one that used to say lovely things like, We are now arriving at Lancaster Gate. Have a lovely day. <laughs> you know, and like, and like, oh, be careful of the doors, everyone. Don't want to get bitten. You know, stuff like that. You know, like, you know weird little jokey things. And they used to record them. And it was quite, and there were some nice ones on there. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you could almost do your own uh, Bill Bryson type character, like perhaps yeah. like, like writing and just being super lovely and just yeah. anything about travel. That's awesome. Yeah. I really like that. Why don't we start off at the top? Let's go to College of Law, which is mm. in the player's handbook. Uh, so bards of the College of Law know something about most things. Collecting bits of knowledge from sources as diverse as scholarly, scholar, oh dear, academic tomes <laughs> and peasant nice. tales. Whether singing folk, ballads in taverns or elaborate compositions in royal courts, these bards use their gift to hold audiences spellbound. I'm going to be honest about this one. It's fine. It's okay. It's okay. Like, it's a good intro, but it's not 
very it's actually i don't think as law focused do you know what i mean there's no history uh proficiency i feel like you would employ some ideas here when you read that of like okay i'm gonna employ the history of the place i'm gonna imbue magical abilities based on Mm. historical things i don't know like the might of thor or you know like you know you recant a tale that relates to you know one of six different possible typologies each one of those tales then gives benefits to different things i don't know like advantage on skill checks or something because you've said this or i don't know that's yeah yeah because we've had that before where it's like uh if you you're proficient with history and uh history checks to an area of expertise and you can be really specialized that that would make more sense this doesn't yeah it just feels like oh we need a name for it law will do if you see what i mean like level three you get bonus proficiency so on top of already being very very skilled you gain three skills of your choice that you have proficiency in as well which really helps with the main class don't get me wrong it's just a bit dull yeah it is and the only thing relates to it is that magical secrets maybe is a little Mm. bit like oh you've read a lot of books so you'd get more information that way yeah i think cutting words is great and it is such a great skill uh because it's such a way to kill someone (laughs) is using your cutting (laughs) words Mm -hmm. i think that's kind of funny really Level three, you learn how to use your wits to distract, confuse, and otherwise sap the confidence and competence of others. When a creature you see within 60 feet of you makes an attack roll, an ability check, or damage roll, you can use your reaction to spend one of your bardic inspirations, uh, roll that bardic inspiration die, and subtract the number of rolls from the creature's roll. You can choose to do this after it makes the roll, for sure, sure. And the only thing is that it's just immune if it can't hear you or if it's immune to being charmed, which I think early on, not many of the monsters you'll be facing, hopefully, right. are immune to charm. And it's just a bit later on. So that's actually a really good one early on, just to be like, oh, you keep missing your attacks. You're not very good, are you? Or just shout, get good. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's definitely insult sword fighting from mm-hmm. Monkey Island. That's what it comes from. Oh, so absolutely. I, I love yeah. Because of that. As I said, additional magical secrets is you get two more spells of your choice from any class at sixth level. Mm. Must be a spell you can cast, and it doesn't count against the number of bar spells you know. So that's just an additional one to the others. Yeah, I mean, that means you just have more knowledge, which, yeah. Yeah, as you said, it's fine. But again, it's a bit like, so what? Like, yeah, it, just, it doesn't feel like, compared to, say, College of Valor, which I feel is the better of the two. I know we'll go on to that in a second, but it just, you know, it just feels a bit like, mm, okay. Yeah. And then level 14, peerless skill. So we actually talked about this a little bit last week. So when you make a, an ability check, you can expend a use of your bardic inspiration. You can add it to your own. So basically you're inspiring yourself, but it's only for ability checks. And I just feel like you should be able to do it for saving throws and you should be able to do it for attack rolls. Yeah. You can inspire the, you know, any of your party for anything, but you can only be like, I've got this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> rather than just like, ah. I really do feel d and I just more and more is really mean. <laughs> yeah. Just doesn't like dishing out much to people, which is kind of weird, really. I don't know. You were saying it last episode, that so I would just get, yeah, you can inspire yourself. Yeah. And that's the thing is that obviously if you did allow people to inspire themselves, this final feature doesn't mm. you know i i would try and rewrite it perhaps if i was the you know redo that whole subclass to be honest yeah. because it's just it's fine but it's just not compared to the other eight subclasses i'd be like oh don't use that one there's so many yeah. more interesting flavorsome ones you're not, there. Gaining, a lot. You're not gaining enough out of it definitely mm. not all right should we go on to the college of valor yes. then so this is what i've, I've written down in my notes a damage uh, it's combat <laughs> college that's what it is school of hard knots it's a uh, stage combat fighting oh you know it is it? Yeah. 
These bards are ones that have tales who keep alive the memory of great heroes of the past and thereby inspire a new generation of heroes. They gather in mead halls or around great bonfires to sing the deeds of the mighty both past and present. They travel the land to witness grand events firsthand and to ensure that, that the memory of those events don't pass from the world. With their songs, they inspire others to reach the same heights of accomplishment as the heroes of old. Who would I use as an example of this would be like, I don't know if you, you probably have seen Red Dwarf, but like Ace Rimmer, the that the cool version of it was like, hey, what a guy, you know, that sort of thing. What a cool person. And just just be I'm like thinking Flashheart. <laughs> oh, Flashheart as well. Cause yeah, because he can back up everything he's got, even yeah, though he's a complete exactly. he's he is the hero. <laughs> he is the hero, but everyone hates him. Oh, sorry, right. Blackadder hates him, but everyone Black, everyone loves him. Blackadder hates him because he steals his wife. <laughs> he steals his wife to be Bob. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> Bob. Uh, so yeah, back to level three. Yeah, bonus proficiencies again. Yeah, but this time it's only proficient with medium armor, shields, and martial weapons, which makes sense because obviously this is going to be a more combat-based subclass. Uh, combat inspiration at level three as well. You learn to inspire others in battle. A creature that has a body inspiration die uh, can roll that die and add that to the weapon damage roll it has just made. Alternatively, though, when an attack roll is made against the creature, it can use its reaction to do the Bardic Inspiration die and add that number rolled to its AC against that attack. So that the, the twofold ways of doing that, like either just piling on the damage yeah. or going, oh, I don't think so. Love it. What a what a cool way of doing it. Yeah. Like, it's not necessarily. It just adds more to like. You could use it for your you know uh, saving throw. You could use it yeah. to attack. But then these just add up more and more and more stuff that you can do. I just really think that's. Cool. It does make me think of what we were talking about with the anime stuff on the other day when we were saying about like every time in Demon Slayer where they try and make an attack, it's like, remember past event, go back to past event, remember what they told me. I can't fail. You know, that is what it is. Yeah, so you then make the attack or you uh, remember the breathing. And then it's like, puts the arm up, defend. Oh, AC is up. You know, it's kind of very anime. Yeah. And the, and the enemy is like, what? No. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I would actually encourage that sort of role play happening. You know, because obviously yes. sometimes I don't know how you are with your, D, uh, your DM stuff. Sometimes as a player, I'm just like, I'll just roll and this, that, and the other. But then I'll be like, oh, I'm going to do my combat inspiration and I'm going to yeah. quickly monologue. And even if you yeah. don't hit, it's still. It's still in that anime uh, version. I can't wait for people to see the final of Bowie's because we get the the monologuing in the finale of Bowie's is yeah. is everyone's having a monologue off. It's more of a monologue <laughs> off than it is a battle. It's just like it was good fun. But yeah, I love that. that. When, you know when you've uh, yeah, that's when I think that's when combat's at its best. Is when you're just monologuing everything. <laughs> Then you get a level six is extra attack. Only one other subclass has an extra attack of the bards. So that's that's actually really good. Because again, College of Swords, right? College of Swords, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. again, it is, yeah, more of a combat one. Mm. Is it I always find it interesting because I kind of forget that bards aren't fully spellcasters and they're not really fully yeah. combat. They're in the middle. So that's why sometimes you're like, oh, can you do something? And you're like, I've just done a spell, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out for this round. And you get to attack twice. You don't get to have two actions. Absolutely. Which... But it just means you're a bit more versatile. So like, even mm. if you don't have as many spells for the matter, you can like, well, yeah. at least I can give a good hit rather than going, oh. Good double hit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, double is... hit. Exactly. Rather than just going, ah, I've had a spell. I'm, my spell's done for this round, you know, and I don't have good spells for this particular combat. And I think if I'm right, fifth level is when you get second attack as a fighter. Isn't that right? Yes. 
So one level higher than a fighter, but you've got all this additional stuff and you've also got an extra attack, which is really good. Level 14 is battle magic for this one. Mm. Uh, you have mastered the art of weaving spell casting and weapon use into a single harmonious act. When you use your action to cast a bard spell, you can make one weapon attack as a bonus action. Yeah. Pretty cool. See, it's pretty cool, but I'd also say that's what you should get at search level. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just just be the badass bard at six level. I know, yeah, but no one's getting to fourteen these days, anyways. <laughs> well, I guess if you're playing the Planescape adventure, well, actually, it's exactly you will do. Very excited for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Valor. What's next? So we can go to Zalathar's next because that was the next book. So yeah. th- uh, this had uh, three colleges out. We had Glamour, we wow. had Swords, mm-hmm. and then we also had Whispers. Whispers. Now, Glamour is Bowie. Yeah. The College of Glamour is the home of bards who master their craft in the vibrant realm of the fairy world or under the tutelage of someone who dwelt there. Tutored by satyrs, Eladrin, and other fae, these bards learn to use their magic to delight and captivate others. They are regarded with a mixture of awe and fear. Performances are stuff of legend. Their bards are so eloquent that a speech or song that one of them performs can cause captors to release the bard unharmed and can lull a furious dragon into complacency. The same magic that allows them to quell bees can also bend minds. Villainous bards of this college can leech off a community for weeks, misusing their magic to turn their host into thralls. Heroic bars of this college instead uses power to gladden the downtrodden and undermine oppressors. Oh, I love it. I keep forgetting how well-written Xanathar's mm. classes are. Like, if you yeah. read the other ones, like, Tashis is fine, I'd yeah. say. And then, uh, and obviously, Taldori, of course, will have, like, a really good in-depth mm. description. But compared to what we've just read about yeah. a player's handbook, instead I'm like, we can have villains that are bards, which I know sounds yeah. so silly, but, oh, yeah. I'm I, a I baddie. See, I'm the baddie, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so this is all sort of almost like Feywild-inspired, yeah. which I think is really cool, this idea of glamour and just, like, disguise and all that sort of thing. So level three, you get Mantle of Inspiration. You gain the ability to weave a song of fey magic that imbues your allies and with vigour and speed. As a bonus action, you can expend one of your bardic inspirations to grant yourself a wondrous appearance, which, again, would be your Sailor Moon uh, magical girl moment. <laughs> When you do so, you choose a number of creatures you can see uh, within 60 feet of you, equal to your charisma modifier. Each one of them gains five temporary hit points. When they gain temporary hit points, they can also immediately use their reaction to move its speed without uh, provoking opportunity attacks. And then this temporary hit points goes up at each level, all the way up to 14 when you get up to 15th level. I love how it's like, they're so beautiful. It's the, <laughs> it's so beautiful. And they go, <laughs> I'm healed by your majesty And now we must run away Now run <laughs> Get away from here I like that idea, I, I like getting temporary hit points I think the only thing is that it's very The numbers are a little weird, I think that's the only thing I'd say Yeah, 8 at level, 5th level 11th at 10th level and 14 at 15th level like. Just give us like 5, 10, 15, 15 20. 20 Yeah, exactly yeah. So what, What's with the weird numbering system? Just because they're wizards and they just <laughs> They, you know what? This is the problem, right? This is the problem. Wizards like are sitting there in their basements going, we need to spend all this time balancing this really, really not balanceable game. And they do it. And no one gives a shit. That's the problem. Well, then they turn to Baldur's Gate 3, which is like, ah, oh, and players yeah. are like, oh, it's really cruel, this game. You're like, yes, the DMs are really helping you. Yeah, exactly. You realise how much DM helps you when it's like, there's a box in your way, like you were saying, I gotta use five feet to go around it. So cross making. <laughs> you know what I mean? As I said, I totally think they should implement my rule of cool system. You can use five rule of cools an hour or something like that, which means it's, <laughs> it's like 
your movement doubles. You just get away with it. That's almost like a. That's almost like a, a loot box and unlock. You know, you pay yeah. twenty quid to get a natural twenty. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I, I was listening to a, the death of video games thing on YouTube. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's like it's, it's they were trying to chart when it started from. Uh, yeah, loot boxes, big problem. Enthralling performance. Mm. You're right. This is the third level one as well. Mm. You charge performance with seductive fey magic. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> it's just making me think of um, from Roger Rabbit. Rebecca Rabbit. What's the oh, name? Um, uh, not oh, Rebecca no, Rabbit. Don't what's do this name? to me. Don't do this to me now. Roger uh, Rabbit. Yeah, it's Roger Rabbit, and it's. She's she's not bad. She's just drawn that way. Uh, Jessica Rabbit. Jessica Rabbit. Rebecca Rabbit. That's her Rebecca. older sister. <laughs> I was just thinking that's the sort of like very over the top seductive dance. But that whole performance, yeah, is yeah. is in, absolutely is incredible. I, yeah, I, yeah. Again, not to get off topic, if you watch the behind the scenes of how they put that all together, it's oh, really, really interesting. Yeah, the whole film is really interesting. But yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, totally. Just like just yeah. looking incredible and just doing an amazing performance. Exactly. And just catching people's uh, attention. You perform this for one minute, which is not a long song, to be honest. Oh, there you go. You can attempt to inspire wonder in your audience by singing, reciting a poem, or dancing. At the end of the performance, choose a number of humanoids in 60 feet of you who watched and listened to all of it. So don't go for a wee. Up to a number <laughs> equal to your charisma modifier, minimum of one. Each target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw against your DC, or they'll be charmed by you whilst mm. charmed. They idolize you. Yes. It speaks glowingly of you to anyone who talks to them, and it hinders anyone who opposes you, although it avoids violence Makes unless sense. it was already inclined to fight on your behalf. Mm. This effect ends on the target after one hour if it takes any damage if you attack it or if you witness you attacking or damage any of its allies. Mm. If the target succeeds, the same throw has no hint that you tried to charm it. Thank goodness. I just think, like, what a weird person. They don't, they mm. don't do anything of it. In the middle of a battle... <laughs> <laughs> like what are you doing <laughs> this is why i was thinking about that stand-up comedy thing yeah. so again not that it, this would be way too much work but if this if this was me i'd be like right every session i have a like a five minute set, uh, set and i would just start it and real time time me for at least one minute and i go and now enthralling performance <laughs> you know what my five minute joke is though what? It's, do you know the cheeky monkey joke? No, but I tell you what. Why don't you tell me afterwards? And I then won't I can tell like... you now because I haven't got. I'm not going to waste everyone's five minutes. But I kind of want to do it because it's <laughs> well, one of the it, best. Well, you, what we'll do? We'll keep recording, right? And then you tell me at the end. I'll cut it out, and you just get my reaction at the end of the episode. How's that? Yes, let's do that. <laughs> let's so do that. Oh, okay. You know, okay. The groan. <laughs> I can't wait. Cheeky monkey joke is the best darn joke ever. Ever. You've built this up now, and our, our listeners will be very cross when I cut it out. <laughs> Level six is Mantle of Majesty. You gain the ability to cloak yourself in a fey magic that makes others want to serve you. As a bonus action, you cast Command without expending a spell slot, and you take on the appearance of unearthly beauty. So even more beautiful than you already have been. You get the yes. wondrous appearance, incredible performance, and now you're like, you're just like, oh, who is that mythical creature? Mm. You have this for one minute until you concentrate, or until your concentration ends. During that time, you can cast Command as a bonus action on each of your turns without expending a spell slot. Any creature charmed by you, so if you had that wondrous performance from before, Automatically fails its saving for against command. Once you use this feature, you can't use it again to the end of the long run. So you could really control 
things on the battlefield mm. if you've got people set up and you're like oh could you just bar the door for me darling that'd be amazing you know yeah. or flee grovel you know a command i know is always one word but i just like one word isn't it yeah i need to find a list a good list of like what things you can say in combat other than grovel or dance it's just my one is like dance yeah, dance is always a good one um jump jump um uh, run run flee yeah flee yeah exactly fight um, <laughs> think Ooh, think that's a good one. Yeah. Discompopulate. <laughs> and they go. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I thought of stupid children's ones like fart. <laughs> it made me laugh. Fart. Sorry, it's kind of. I think it's great. Oh, that's a great one. Because <laughs> someone for six hours trying to fart. Well, that's right? It's their whole turn. So it totally makes sense if they're trying to do these things and then they, they're like, I can't. And then at the other time, I go, why was I trying to fart? I'm such a child that that makes me laugh so much. Anyway. Level 14 is Sorry. unbreakable. Just lifting their leg. Right. Just, I'll put this in after my reaction to the cheeky monkey joke. How's that? Be better. Yeah. Anyway, unbreakable majesties, what? Uh, unbreakable majesty is at level 14. Your appearance permanently gains an otherworldly aspect that makes you even more lovely and fierce Jesus in addition Christ, you're so lovely you're just you're just perfect radiant yeah <laughs> as a bonus action uh, you can assume a magically majestic presence for one minute until you're capacitated for the duration whenever a creature tries to attack or you or until you're incapacitated not or, until you are incapacitated until you are the or is quite important there. sorry yes or until you're incapacitated yeah. for the duration whenever a creature tries to attack you for the first time on a turn the attacker must make a charisma saving throw against your spell save DC. On a failed save, it can't attack you this turn and must choose another target in its attack or the attack is wasted. Brilliant. If there is a successful save, it does attack you this turn but then has disadvantage on the saving throw it makes against your spells on your next turn. And then by the time level 14, you can't do it again until you've done a short or long rest. I mean, that's right. great because often you have spells that can make you like, oh, mm. um, sanctuary and all that sort of thing where people would like have to do a wisdom saving throw and then I'll lose the attack or attack somebody else, etc. Ironically, again, better than the 20th level one. <laughs> it's quite, I think it's quite a cool cast. It's again, compared to lore, which has really nothing to do mm. with it. This is very much about glamour. We need to talk about your appearance. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, gorgeous, darling, gorgeous. Exactly. <laughs> Then you get College of Swords then. So this is yes. the other, as we said, like fighty, fighty one. Mm -hmm. So they are also called Blades and they entertain through daring feats of weapon prowess. Blades perform stunts such as sword swallowing, knife throwing and juggling and mock combat. So these are more your stage combat, stage level four. Yeah, sort of people. yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they use their weapons to entertain. They are also highly trained and skilled warriors in their own right. Thinking of... You know, like circus performers, you know, those mm. sort of classic sort of Cirque du Soleil style mm. things. Their talent with weapons inspires many blades to lead double lives. One blade <gasps> might use a circus troupe as cover for nefarious deeds such as assassination, robbery and blackmail. What? What? <laughs> Other blades strike at the wicked, bringing justice to bear against the cruel and powerful. Most troops are happy to accept a blade's talent for the excitement it adds to a performance, but few entertainers fully trust a blade within their ranks. Mm -hmm. Blades who abandon their lives as entertainers have often run into trouble that makes maintaining their secret activities impossible. A blade caught stealing or engaging in a vigilante justice is too great a liability for most troops. With their weapon skill and magic, these blades either take up work as enforcers for thieves' guilds right. or strike out on their own as adventurers. Ooh, cool. I love the vigilante angle. Yeah. 
yeah. but I just can't. Now all I imagine is Robin. I was gonna say Batman, but yeah, Robin. Robin is the the archetype here, right? That's, yeah, that's Robin what is the guy who's in the the circus. Yes, yes, he is. Of course, the acrobatic yeah. family. Yeah, oh, in the Batman and Robin movie. I don't know if that's through all the Batmans, but in the Batman and Ruby movie, uh, you know what? We're not a, we're not a comic book podcast, so I'm going to say yes, it is. Uh, in the Batman <laughs> and Robin movie, they, 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 there's that whole scene where you see the parents falling from the wire, and it's and then there's blood tragic. on the sand, and yeah. yes. So level three, you get bonus proficiencies again, mm. medium armor and scimitar, interestingly enough. Yeah. And if you're proficient with a simple or martial melee weapon, you can use it as a spell casting focus for your bard spells. Now I have a real question for you, Hamilton. And I know this sounds really stupid. Have you ever cared about spell casting focused? What do you in think? Your ho- oh yeah, exactly. And also I've seen a bit of the UA stuff coming up and I'm like, it seems to be more and more prevalent that you'd have to have some sort of spell casting focus I, I, think, just like, I, I think if you use it then you can lose it and then that becomes a thing as a dm to manipulate so it's, it's a flavor thing rather than a mechanic thing yeah like, but i think if you have to use a spell casting focus if you then like you get captured i guess then they take it away from you mm, you can't cast spells i've never had a dm rule it like that. i mean to be fair i've never played a magical character for very very long it feels like you have to be really on it as a dm to be like i'm taking away your spell focus you can't cast any spells yeah you know what i mean like that's the only thing but like i'm just a bit like <sighs> it's a good one like with clerics as well like because you could be like mm. it breaks because yes. you've lost favor with your god, it can be like a very thematic Paladins device as well. As well. Yeah, Paladins that's true. as well. Yeah, but yeah, I just thought it was just a bit of an odd one to be honest with you. But mm-hmm. I know. well, things are odd. <laughs> <laughs> you get fighting style then at third level as well, which is yeah. I think makes sense. It's something that a lot of people get. It's dueling or two weapon fighting. I mean, as a whenever I've played anything that has the option, I normally go for two weapon fighting. I was gonna say two weapon fighting is always the one I would go for. But I kind of wish there was a few more options because I know with fighting style anyway you get like yeah. I think it's defense or shield or something like that you have yeah. at least four and you've only got Weapon two here well, don't you get yeah something something like that again we we haven't done fighters yet wait i can find out you can get it uh, uh ranger has it uh archery defense dueling two weapon fighting so you get defense which is you gain plus one bonus if you're wearing armor and archery you gain plus two bonus to attack rolls you make with ranged weapons so yeah yeah it could give you that because you might have throwing knives or something like that yeah, throwing knives or, uh, I don't know, like if you really wanted to get into having a bow or something, like yeah. a, as a bow string, maybe it's, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it just yeah. feels, it just feels like, why limit it to those two? Because it's wizards and they're mean. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I'm realising. They're just like, if we can give you five, we'll give you one. And you have to make the choice and you'll be glad for it. <laughs> yeah, is that okay? And then level three. So I know this one, uh, this College of Swords, because uh, our bard and our campaign took it, because Blade Flourish is clutch, I would say. Mm. So you learn to perform impressive displays of martial prowess and speed. Whenever you take the attack action on your turn, your walking speed increases by 10 until the end of the turn. Always good. And if a weapon attack that you make as part of this action hits a creature, you can use one of the following Blade Flourish options of your choice. You can only use one option per turn very straightforward mm. so you have defensive flourish where you expend one of your body inspiration to cause the weapon to deal extra damage to a target you hit uh, the damage is equal to that what you've rolled on the uh, bardic die you can also add that number rolled to your ac mm. until the start of your next turn so not only are you like doing a massive hit but then they try and hit you back you're like uh, 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 i rolled an i rolled an eight on my d8 you just imagine it's like and then you just enter into a defensive style. Like, yeah, come at me, essentially. Come at me, <laughs> you know. Absolutely. When you've got already got an AC of like 19, you're like, yep, 
27 now just through that blade flourish for a one turn yeah. it's like whoa pretty good pretty or good or even if you've got a d12 and you roll a 12 it'd be like you ain't hitting me there's also slashing flourish so you can expend the bardic inspiration to deal extra damage to a target you hit and to any other creature of your choice you see within love five it. feet of you yep love that gotta love range attacks like that and then the final one you can use mobile flourish same thing expend the use of your bardic inspiration to cause extra damage to the target uh, the damage is equal to the number you can also push the target five feet away from you plus a number of feet equal to the number you rolled on the dice I think that's a bit iffy myself because what if it's like only just an extra two feet it's a bit it's a bit finicky on that point but then mm. you can immediately use your reaction to move up to your walking speed to an unoccupied space within five feet of the target i think the only thing i'd change about that is that the number on the last times five it's like for every yeah. five feet so that you could properly push them away i think that'd be really cool yeah like proper like yeah, yeah. like ah, hadouken you know <laughs> like whoop <laughs> Well, just like in the Matrix when he does the push, yes. goes, or like um, the ancient one. Oh yes, from the, yeah, from the... uh, Doctor Strange. Absolutely, yeah. these three cover any other. Flour- I'm sure there'll be other flourishes mm. as well. But the fact is that you always add add on some damage to the target, and then either you get defense, you even move yeah. away, or you attack another person. It's all all good stuff. I really like those flourishes. Level six, extra attack, extra attack. Gotta love it. And master's flourish at fourteenth means you just don't have to use your bardic inspiration you just get to use a d6 which means that means that makes that every attack Mm -hmm. which means every attack you're doing one of those blade flourishes which is actually really cool and should be possible i think it's very cool but obviously there's the the, oh i could even just do a d6 or i could spend the bardic inspiration to do a d12 yeah, but it means you just once you've run out of your body, you can still do it. You can be doing it, Absolutely. and you just be like adding a d6 of AC to so yourself, just unrelenting every turn. on your turns. Like, so cool. Yeah, I really Super like cool. it. I really, I like this one and uh, the College of Valor because I'm not particularly a magic versed person anyway. So I just like the idea that I can still hit something, and this, yeah, really, really cool. Surprise, surprise, barbarian over barbarian. here. Barbarian. <laughs> final Zalafar's one I think we were talking about it last time uh, off podcast was like, I think this is both our favourite uh, college classes the uh, College of Whispers oh it's actually not is it not mine is definitely oh. I think Spirits is definitely mine your Spirits I okay so I, I definitely think mine is this one but I do love this one but I think Spirits just wins out just for its creepiness I think it's very cool the Spirits one and we'll come to that one in a second but yes College of Whispers I've written down here Shadow Stealer so I'm just like that's yeah. such a cool thing it's so cool so most folk are happy to welcome a bard into their midst and the College of Whispers use this to their advantage. They appear like other bards, sharing news, singing songs and telling tales to their audiences. Happy, 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 happy. happy. The College of Whispers teaches the students that they are wolves amongst sheep. They use their knowledge and magic to uncover secrets and turn them against others through extortion and threats. Many bards hate the College of Whispers, viewing it as a parasite that uses a bard's reputation to acquire wealth and power. And for this reason, the members of this college rarely reveal their true natures. They typically claim to follow another college or actually keep their true calling secret to infiltrate and exploit royal courts and other settings of power. So cool. Oh, it is cool. So cool. It is really cool. It is really Mm-mm-mm. cool. So psychic blades at third level. Mm-hmm. So you gain the ability to make your weapon attacks magically toxic to a creature's mind. When you hit a creature with a weapon attack, you can expend a bardic inspiration to get two d6 psychic damage. Pays to be evil, right? Mm-hmm. To that target. You can do so only once per round on your turn. Mm-hmm. The psychic damage increases when you reach certain levels of class from three d6 to fifth, five d6 at tenth. Yep. And 86 at 15. It pays to be evil, as you rightly said. It does said. pay to be evil. It really 86 does. 86 at... Oh, 
You would just be psychic blades all the time. That's oh, you would. Jesus Christ. So yeah. good. Oh, I love it. That's on top of your weapon attack. Also at level three, you have words of terror. Uh, you learn to infuse innocent seeming words into an insidious magic. Yeah, I've got to do my little fingers to do it. Do my little fingers. Uh, that it can inspire terror. If you speak to a humanoid alone for at least one minute, you can attempt to seed paranoia into its mind. At the end of the conversation, target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw against your spell save DC or be frightened by of you or another creature of your choice. Target is frightened this way for an hour unless it's attacked or damaged or until it witnesses its allies being attacked or damaged. If it succeeds on the saving throw, again, like the, the previous glamour one, uh, there's no hint of you trying to frighten it. Worm tongue. Fucking worm tongue. Again, I would love this to be role played out and you just be, because you're all nice and smiles and be like, it would be such a shame. Such a shame if something was to happen to little little Clopsy, you know, all that sort of. <laughs> the only thing is, I'd, why is it a wisdom saving throw and not a charisma saving throw is the only thing I was thinking, because your charisma is going to be the the biggest. No, but they've got, to, they've got to make a wisdom saving throw against your charisma spell, DC. Oh, that's it. I'm an idiot. That makes more sense. You're testing their wisdom to overcome your. That's more sense. Sorry, that yes, you're absolutely right. Yes, yeah. yes. So I was like, what if my wisdom's really not great? <laughs> the mantle of whispers, though. Or level six, yeah. Adopt a human's persona. When a humanoid dies within thirty feet of you, you can magically capture its shadow using your reaction. Mm. You retain the shadow until you use it or you finish a long rest. You can use the shadow as an action. When you do so, it vanishes, magically transforming into a disguise that appears upon you. You now look like the dead person, but healthy and alive. This disguise lasts for one hour or until you end it as a bonus action. While you're in the disguise, you can gain access to all the information the human eye would freely share with a casual acquaintance. Such oh, information includes general details on its background and personal life, but doesn't include secrets. The information is enough that you can pass it off as the person by drawing on its memories. Another creature can see through this by on a wisdom saving throw against your charisma check, but you gain plus five bonuses to your check. Oh. Once you capture Shadow with a feature, you can't capture another one until you finish a short long rest. This is fucking cool. Oh, it's brutal though. But you're infiltrating a castle. I want a fucking College of Whispers bard with me because it's yeah. just like... You're Arya Stark, essentially, the person with many faces and just like... Phew. Yeah. I love it. And yeah, that idea of having like you have various information. Again, I'd get the person to role play that. Mm. And anything that they say, I'd be like, yeah, that's true. Like, obviously, there'll be some bits where I'd be like, I could maybe give some pointers or something like that. But I'll be like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, you know, how's Susan? You know, and I say, oh, Susan's, Susan's okay. <laughs> I would say a lev like a good 20th level sort of ability to add to this would be like, you can maintain these shadows forever. Once you're at level 20. So you could sort of store. Like up to three up or, to three or five. Or something like that. It, exactly. Yeah. It would be such a cool little thing. Because it's like, you know, it doesn't have to be a big thing. But it's just a little thing you could just note down. And you've got like, you could always be the guard in the thing. And that might become no use after a while. But some things you could just always have these mantles that you could put on at some point. Which I think would be really cool. Especially if you're doing something like this in, say, Planescape. Where there's factions yeah. or Ravnica yeah. where there's guilds. And you're like, well, I'll put on my guild face today. I'll do this. Yeah. I'll be there, and be able to infiltrate. Oh, I love it. It's it's yeah. so grim. It'd be so but... good in Planescape. You like pass yourself off as a devil and head out into like have negotiations with others, see what the blood war's doing on that side, and then sell the secrets to the demon side. Like, we've now gone so far away from, like, the, mm. the tropey, like, oh, I'm a bard, I'm going to play lots of music. Yeah. Like, this person oh, yeah. is information. They are the spider in Game yeah. of Thrones, you know. It's just, oh, love it. 
And then finally, at level 14, you gain the ability to weave dark magic into your words and tap into a creature's darkest sphere. This is a shadow law. As an action, you magically whisper a phrase that only one creature of your choice within 30 feet can hear. They must make a wisdom saving throw. They automatically succeed if they don't share a language for you. Fine, fine. On a successful saving throw, your whisper sounds like unintelligible mumbling and has no effect. That's just me when I speak to anyone at work, I've got to be honest. Hello. <laughs> but on a failed saving throw, the creature is charmed by you for the next eight hours or until you and your allies attack it, damage it, or force it to make a saving throw. It interprets the whispers as a description of its most mortifying secret. You gain no knowledge of what the secret is, but the target is convinced that you know it. It obeys your commands for fear that you will reveal its secret. It won't risk its life for you or fight for you, unless it was already inclined to do so, but it grants you favours and gifts that it would offer a close friend's. When the effect ends, the creature has no understanding of why it held you in such fear. Badass. This is the thing, you can have so much fun mm. with just making up, like, it, as the DM, like, what that secret is. And then, obviously, the player never really knowing what it is, but just going going along with it, having those role-play moments. And yes, just, yeah, oh. sort of, like, hinting towards it as well, yeah. Exactly. So you, you promise you won't, you won't show the, the portraits? <laughs> no, I won't show them to anyone. You know, <laughs> flashback. Paint me like your French ladies, Jack. Pretty much, pretty. Much. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I I really like this one. It feels like I said, all the Xanathar's ones. They feel like really well written, really tight in terms of like what their inspiration is. And I feel I feel certainly both the uh, swords, mm. all of the glamour swords and whispers. They all their features feel very tied to their theme. So yeah, I really, yeah, really. would recommend those really. ones out. So now it's Tasha's, which I'm assuming there's creation. Uh, it's and... creation and eloquence, which I I don't know if you know this, but eloquence was in Mythic Odysseys of Theros and then got re put back in with Tasha's. Ah, yeah, I didn't know that. Okay, creation. Sorry, mm-hmm. is all about seeing, believing the cosmos is a work of art, the creation of the first dragons and gods. That creative work included harmonies that continue to resound through existence today, a power known as the song of creation. Where's my pizza? The bards of courage of creation draw that primeval song through dance, music, and poetry, and the teachers share this lesson. Before the sun and the moon, there was the song, and its music awoke the first dawn. Its melodies so delighted the stones and trees that some of them gained a voice of their own. And now they sing too. Learn the song, students, and you too can teach the mountains to sing and dance. <laughs> Dwarves and gnomes are often encouraged their bards to become students of the song of creation, and among dragonborn, the song of creation is revered for legends portray Bahamut and Tiamat, the greatest of dragons, as two of the song's first singers. Oh, I love that. What a great little little mm. bio. I think that's really awesome. Motive potential there at third level, which just mm. makes me have flashbacks to Destiny, if anyone has played Destiny, because it's all about <laughs> moats. So whenever you give a creature a bardic inspiration die, you can utter a note from the song creation to create a tiny moat of potential, which orbits within five feet of that creature. Hey! What's hey, up? Listen, listen. The moat is intangible and invulnerable, and it lasts until the body inspiration dies. Lost. The moat looks like a musical note, a star, a flower, another symbol of art or life that you choose. Awesome. Creature uses this body inspiration. The moat provides an additional effect based on whether they die. So the options are ability check when the creature rolls, add it to the ability check. The creature can roll the body inspiration die again and choose which roll to use. Ooh. And it does a little bit of popping and coloring and sparking. Attack roll uh, after it rolls it. It can add to the attack roll against target. The moat thunderously shatters. The target in each creature of your choice that you can see within five feet of it must succeed on a con throw or take thunder damage equal to the number of rolls. So you can gain nice. a little bit of like, a bit more, AOE. 
little bit more damage, yeah. And then saving throw immediately after the creature rolls. Added to save row, the moat vanishes and the sound of soft music causing the creature to gain temporary hit points nice. equal to the number rolled. So, like, it's much better. <laughs> it's nice. It's yeah. all little nice things, isn't it? And, and yeah. I like, I like, yeah, again, it's just using that uh, ballet inspiration, the rolling something, like adding something to it. And again, yeah. I know, I know Pasfina would say that, oh, that's a lot of things to add up from, but I think, you know, all it is is that every other level or whatever there is when you go up, it's like, oh, that's a D12 now. Oh, I could get D12 temporary yeah. hit points, or I could add, uh, or I could, or I could do I could just more damage. damage. A, few, a bit of AOE. I've got, I'm being crowded by a few, like, sort of thrall like characters, you know, sort of low level characters. I yeah, could... let's get rid of them. Absolutely. Of them, yeah. Performance of creation then. Mm-hmm. Another third one. Oh, you get create one non magical ice movement choice in an o- occupied space with 10 feet of you. I think this is kind of cool because it mm. must appear on a surface or in a liquid that can support it. Mm-hmm. The GP value can't be more than 20 times your bard level. Uh, and it can't be, it must be medium or smaller. The item glimmers softly and creature can faintly hear music when touching it. The creator item disappears after a number of hours after equal to proficiency bonus. Mm-hmm. But I'm, so once you create the item, you can't do it again unless you expend a second, a spell of slot of second level or higher to do it. Now, the only thing I could think yes. that you could get large and huge is that is this just to con people? I don't quite know why. I don't, yeah, I was going to say, because it's non-magical, obviously. Yeah. That's fine. And then, yeah, because that's the thing. And then later on, we'll get into it, you know, animating performance. All to do with us, mm. we're creating something that eventually disappears. I don't know. Yeah. I, I get it. Again, it's tying into that recreation stuff. Is it just to, like, is it, can it give you just some cash? You're like, well, I can make 20 times my spells level. I'm third, <laughs> so I can get 60 GP to buy something with and then walk away because then it doesn't yeah because then there's no something like oh someone looks through it and then they're like oh yeah you know it's yeah it feels like it's a con thing i'd say that's what it feels like to me but i'm sure there's other examples like oh i've used it to create i don't know shelter for a couple of hours or this to get up yeah rope or something yeah i guess it's to make things that you're like oh i didn't bring a torch yeah i feel like after the moat i think the moat of potential is such a really cool thing and then the rest of this class i will say i've written down a bit rubbish to be honest because i really like the idea i'm like oh it's really cool but it's like i I could i've made this bookshelf with my own hands (laughs) i don't know i'm sure there's other things but instantly i was like it must be used for conning people that's all i could think of but then that doesn't really feel in keeping with what creation is that's what i mean that's why i thought i felt like you should just be able to make it and it doesn't vanish because why you've created it like just yeah all you're going to gain is 60 gp of non-magical item at third level and i don't know wait does it disappear sorry yes it does yeah yeah you can only have one item created at a time and then if you get another item it disappears so it doesn't yeah so it disappears eventually but you can always do item disappears after a number of hours equal to your proficiency bonus you're right you're right yeah I just wouldn't. I would just say it stays. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I just would. I would do that, but not allow you to use a spell slot to do it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. But then you limit the amount, and I would. But I'd say that once you create it, it doesn't ever disappear, even if you cast it again. Because you, you like, what are you gonna? I mean, if you want to, if someone's gonna break the game with it, they're not really. Gonna, I'm not really gonna break it by just. You're basically rosebudding the game if you want, yeah. like sixty GP, sixty GP, sixty GP, but. It's not going to happen that often. Maybe just you and I aren't thinking outside the box enough. Maybe not enough. I'm sure people have really crazy ideas and we're just going, yes, to con people to sell things. I don't know. What are you going to make? But then you have uh, level six animating performance, which I think would add on top of this, this idea that you can animate a large or small non-magical item within 30 feet of you that isn't being worn or carried. It uses this dancing item stat block, which is uh, in the notes. Be a guest... Be a da, that, that's da, what it is, right? You, you go magical wardrobe attack. <laughs> yeah, it's it's using the same sort of uh, rules as the steel defender in the artificer, and yeah. 
And yeah, if you use your Barley Inspiration feature, you can command the item as part of the same bonus action as you use the Barley Inspiration. Yeah, okay. Uh, I think my issue is that, you know, it gets more hit points the higher you're up, but then any action, so it's got, when it, when it does do a, a slam attack, force and power slam attack, it's only 1d10 plus your proficiency, but then it won't scale up at all. So if you no. did like, I'm going to have a huge, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, bunk bed that comes to life and it's slamming down on you, it, you think it would do a little bit more damage than say, I don't know. Candelabra. Yeah, but that burns. <laughs> Yeah, it would be nice to just flavor it a bit more. Yeah, yeah, you could large or smaller contract. I mean, like large is pretty big. You know, you want it to be like an iron golem. Yeah, and then finally for this one, you have level fourteen creative crescendo. When you use the performance of creation feature, you can create more than one item at once, equal to your charisma modifier, and then that's it. <laughs> you just create more of these things. Is that no? Okay, I don't know, but I just don't. I don't get it. One of these items is the maximum size you can create. The rest must be small or tiny. So you can't even have two big wardrobes. You can only have one big wardrobe. But you're no longer limited by GP value when creating items. So mm. is Guzman's duck money. Yeah. Buying a house. Yes, yeah, so you have like a huge house and then everything inside it is like teeny tiny, like small bed, small couch. <laughs> no, no, no. You Scrooge McDuck the money, oh, buy the it, house. Right. And then... I see, I see. <laughs> but then it does obviously run out, but... You know, you could just use that every day to give them Scrooge McDuck money. Um, we must have to look on Reddit or something. There must be some decent examples of what yeah, people use for this. Because it just feels like, I'm sure there's something there that maybe you and I are missing. But yeah, I was a bit like, it's after big. the moat thing, I'm like, I don't really care about the other features no. myself personally. But no. hey-ho. Oh, okay. So this is the College of Eloquence, which is yes. which really focuses on the oratory skills. That's what it's about. Yeah. So it should be spoken. Persuasion is regarded as a high art and a well-reasoned, well-spoken argument. I'm trying to do the R's, the wrong Yes. <sighs> Often proves most persuasive than facts. These bards <laughs> wield a blend. You've gone into Dracula boat there. Yeah, Dracula. <laughs> These bards wield a blend of logic and theatrical wordplay, winning over sceptics and detractors with logical arguments and plucking at heartstrings to appeal to the emotions of audiences. I don't know if anyone just know what I said then. It is basically the oratory arts. Uh, you get a silver tongue at third level. Mm-hmm. Master of saying the right thing at the right time. When you make a charisma persuasion or charisma deception check, you can treat a d20 roll of nine or lower as mm. 10. Always good. Get a little bit of expertise. Uh, yeah, level three as well. Nice, nice, nice. And then unsettling words. You can spin words laced with magic that unsettle a creature and cause it to doubt itself as a bonus action like any good actor would do. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a great performance. For you, as a bonus action, you can expend one of your bardic inspiration and choose one creature you can see within 60 feet of you. Roll the bardic inspiration die. Creature must subtract the number rolled from the next saving throw it makes for the start of your next turn. Nice. It's one of those ones where, again, if you know someone's about to do like a big saving throw, like AOE attack, you can just get in there quickly yeah. and just do it. And that's the thing. I think I can imagine this being working really well with other spellcasters. You're like, oh, good luck with this one. <laughs> so then we have level six, unfailing inspiration. Your inspiring words are just so persuasive that others feel driven to succeed. So whenever a, a creature adds one of your body inspiration dice to its ability check, attack roll or saving throw and the roll fails the creature can still keep the bardic inspiration die nice that is actually really good at level six as well i think that's great and i think the only thing i've always found is i always forget that i have inspiration but then at least you have it this this means you never lose it yeah uh you know if if you fail if you're oh 
damn, I only rolled a one. That's all right. Take it back. Does that mean the state? It. Well, it is ten minutes, and if combat, it's never going to go on for that long, is it? So yeah, no, it is. But well, it, it depends on how how if how you run combat. If you're like me, like you'll be there for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's not ten minutes in real time. It's ten minutes in combat. Oh, time. much longer. <laughs> <laughs> You've got over a hundred rounds of combat. Is that what you're saying? Well, it feels like it for sure. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, universal yeah. speech. You've gained the ability to make your speech intelligible to any creature. As an action, you can choose one or more creatures within 60 feet of you to a number equal up to your charisma modifier. They can magically understand you regardless of the language you speak for one hour. But once you've used this feature, you can't use it again until you do a, sh- a long rest or expend a spell sort of do so. Again, it fits into the... Uh, this idea of obviously like again this is originally came up from mythic odysseys of theros so that mm. idea of like uh telling stories in the amphitheater all that sort of thing and maybe just communicating mm. messages to uh maybe if you've got uh centaurs or minotaurs or anything like that and you're just trying to just communicate to them and not trying to if they don't have common in their in their stuff i can't remember if they do now but it just yeah it again cool flavorsome stuff i think i don't i think that's mm. good it's paired with the unfailing inspiration you see so you're yeah, not no, done out great. of a level six thing and then finally you have infectious inspiration when you ins- successfully inspire someone the power of your eloquence can now spread to someone else this is really cool so when you add as uh, so a when a creature within 60 feet of you adds one of your uh, bardic inspiration dice to its ability check attack roll or saving for it and it succeeds you can use your reaction to encourage a different creature other than yourself that can hear you within 60 feet give it a bardic inspiration die without expending any of your bardic inspiration uses really great love that Absolutely yeah. love that. And you can use this reaction a number of times equal to your charisma modifier, which should be at this point really big. Uh you should be having yeah. this all the time. Uh mm-hmm. and then regain the expended uses when you finish a long rest. I, I think I like this one overall. I think it's really cool. No, I, I like that one. I think it's a fun one and a lot of good mechanical ideas there that actually mm-hmm. and there's a lot there to be honest. Quite a few things you gain. Mm-hmm. So no, I like that a lot. Do you want to go over your favorite college then? College of Spirits. Bards of the College of Spirits seek tales with inherent power, be they legends, histories, or fictions, and bring their subjects to life using occult trappings. These bards conjure spiritual embodiments of powerful forces to change the world once more. Such spirits are capricious, though, and what bard summons isn't always entirely under their control. Sorry. I, just I love that. I need you to do, uh, do Mork Mork. Like that now. That's uh guiding whispers. That's where you gave it third level. You reach out to the spirits and guide you and others. You learn the guidance cantrip, which doesn't count against the number of bard cantrips. You know, for you it has a range of 60 feet when you cast it. It's a great it's a great spell. It's, it's really a great good. spell. I think it's a great spell. It depends on if the UA will change it at all. I have a feeling yeah. it will change it. But yeah, I love it that the fact it's 60 feet as well. So you instantly you can just like guidance when you're over the side of the battlefield. Yeah, I think D4 though, it's just like additional and you just it's a cantrip. You just guidance. And we I was just spamming guidance when I had this, and it is great because it's just D4 or anything. Guidance, guidance. Every Everywhere. Spiritual focus at third level. Mm-hmm. Employ toys, tools that aid you in channeling experience, be they historical figures or fictional archetypes. Mm-hmm. You can use the following objects as spellcasting focus for your bard spells a candle, a crystal ball, a skull, a spirit board, and a tarot codec. Uh, starting at sixth level, when you cast a bar cell that deals damage or restores hit points through this focus, roll a d6 and you gain a bonus to one damage or healing roll of the spell equal to the number rolled, which I think is actually really cool. Yeah, the second part of that is really cool. Like, again, we were just talking about spell focuses before. I was like, mm, yeah. okay, but like, I was like, okay, this makes a little bit sense. But like, now it actually makes it beneficial. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I really like that. I get the idea of like, if it's one damage or one healing, yeah, get that extra. But it feels very thematic to then have one there because it's like, 
you know, your Mystic Meg with your crystal ball or your <laughs> Hamlet with your skull or your, yes. with your little tarot deck, you know, and, and or just a candle. I just like the idea of just like walking around. As somebody plays some 40K, there's a load of candles. I love mm-hmm. a good candle. And there's these people called the Cordor have little rats that have candles on their heads. <laughs> <No trouble. gasps> oh, they're really sweet. But like you can imagine that sort of thing, little holy little candle as it just melts in their hand. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Oh, a heal for I'll you. Heal you. Oh, take the wax. Ah. <laughs> healing, melting wax. It burns is the healing power. The burn helps in some yes. way. <laughs> cauterizing the wound uh so do you want to talk about the next one i will talk about this yeah this i think this is the coolest feature of the uh this college so yeah uh the level three again tales from beyond Mm. you reach out to the spirits who tell their tales through you while you're holding your spiritual focus you can use a bonus action to expend one of your bardic inspirations and roll on the spirit tales table using your bardic inspiration die to determine the tale on the spirits direct you to tell you retain this tale in mind until you bestow this tale's effect when you finish a short or long rest you can use an action to choose one creature you see within 30 feet of you and that could also be you to be the target of the tale's effect once you do so you cannot bestow the tale's effect again until you roll it again you can only retain one of these tales in your mind at one time well unless you're us which will have multiple tales that we can easily just (laughs) shout out and rolling on the spirit tales table immediately ends the effect of the previous tale. But if the tale requires a saving throw, the DC equals your spell save DC. And so, yeah, you have up to 12 tales here. Obviously, again, it depends on your bardic mm. die you're rolling it. And then, re- this is what I really love this is again, every single one of them is absolutely banging. The, all these tales are like, you know, tale of the clever animal. The next 10 minutes, whenever the target makes an intelligence, wisdom, or charisma check, they can roll an extra die immediately after rolling the d20 and add that extra die's uh, number to the check. It's the same type as your bardic inspiration die. So great, a little bit more boost and yeah. stuff like that. And I just like how I think it encourages you. I would get it as like you tell the tale, like mm. when you get when you roll this yeah. thing, like what is the tale that's been told to you, and then how does that affect combat? Do, do the anime monologue bit as yeah. we're playing, and then exp- you know do that tale. Yeah, you need to go get yourself like a tale for each of these. Like a mm. there once was a stoat who figured out a way to get out of a hole that was being attacked by... What captures stoats? Foxes or fox? I don't know. You, that's the clo- and you have to come up with some... I, have no, sure. I haven't got a story about a stoat and a fox. I was going to say, what's your, what's your stoat story? <laughs> if you've not got a stoat story. You're from the north, aren't there stoats all up north? <laughs> you say, who knows? Who knows? Right in. Right in, listeners. <laughs> right in, listeners. Are stoats a northern thing? But yeah, I would like it. I wish there was more class features. So like if we go back to that uh, College of Law mm. one, I wish that, yeah, again, if you had a story that was law related and that would be yeah. like on certain checks, so like uh, arcana checks or history checks or survival. Oh, I'm just wondering if you could all find like really, I was just thinking because I've seen like Taylor the Runaway and I was thinking of the, the Del mm. Rey song there. Oh my runaway, run, 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 run away. You know, like that song. You could tell, like take some of the lyrics of that, but say it in a really creepy way. Oh, you know yeah, I mean? absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. And yeah, make, still make it musical in some way, but make it very creepy as you're telling yeah. it. And the moral of this tale is yes. And then another level six feature for this one, uh, Spirit Session. The spirits provide you with supernatural insights. You can conduct an hour-long ritual channeling spirits, which can be done during a short or long rest using your spiritual focus. Uh, you can conduct the ritual with a number of winning creatures equal to your proficiency bonus, including yourself. And at the end, you temporarily uh, learn one spell of your choice from any class. So again, getting that magic uh, spell just there, along with your magical secrets. The spell you choose must be of a level equal to the number of creatures that conduct the ritual or less 
less. Uh, it must have be of a level you can cast, and it must be of a school of divination or uh, necromancy. The chosen spell counts as a bardic spell for you, but doesn't count against your number of bardic spells you know. Uh, so that's a nice way of just getting another little spell on top of that. But yeah, div- divination or necromancy. Like I like that flavorsome part of it. No, I think that's really cool. And I just wanted to check. Yeah. I want to see because I just love the idea. I just think I think wish is a divination spell, right? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Because I think the I just I know that we it's kind of like, oh, it's the big one. But the idea that you could like very thematically be like, uh, yes, yeah, so astral projection is necromancy foresight mm. uh, divination ninth level spells i'm just looking at ninth level ones other ones true resurrection is necromancy oh wish is conjuration so you don't get that but the true resurrection is like mm-hmm. i'm gonna get nine people together you could be really like i've got all my nine people now we're going to raise them from the dead <laughs> it's, and it's just like it's just like no no we're not here we want a divination no too late huh? too late I'm the one that chooses it I get to choose it so the fact that yeah you'd be like oh we need one more do you think you could bring your friend uh, Samantha yeah exactly oh, yes yes this is going to be a fun little little seance <laughs> halfway through knock 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 is this the brotherhood of uh, the brother no no yes. no this is the, the brotherhood of orderly people no, this is the people's brotherhood Probably of orderliness orderly. Yes, and like, oh, <laughs> damn it. They meet down the road. Yeah, the absolutely. Road. <laughs> we have this on a Wednesday, the whole. They have the yeah. whole on a Thursday. I would recommend listeners if you've not read Guards, Guards by yeah, Terry Pratchett. There That's but where you get it from. You'll get the, rest, you'll get the reference. <laughs> uh, finally, for the College of Spirits, we have level 14, uh, Mystical Connection. You have the ability to nudge the spirits from of the tale of beyond towards certain tales. So you can now roll twice on the table and choose which of the effects of the two effects to mm. bestow. If you roll the same uh, number on both dice, you can ignore the number and choose whichever one. Um, okay. It's not good enough. For this, you can do two. Like You yeah. just get the two tails and you have them. Rather than like, oh, you choose. I just think when you've just given you Spirit Session, which is the most coolest thing that I think should just be in every yeah. game, as like, I just think that ability to just like conduct ritual with other people to then gain because yeah as i said i've talked before about the book of vile darkness which i think we should probably look at because it's but there's some terrible things in it so we should probably like look. i've got the pdf somewhere yeah, so we, we, we can we can it. we can definitely do a, a first impressions and go yeah nope. I think, yeah but yeah there's a, there's a few areas where you've got to be like you know the whole sacrifice thing that's in it is like gives you some real things but it allows mm-hmm. you to to achieve mm-hmm. other spells through ritual and i think like it's very thematic and I think I'm not saying that everyone needs to be doing these things, but I think it's kind of an, I think like the whole idea of like, why can't a cleric use this ability to help gain these abilities, you know, like to, to provide, I think it's a much better than like, Oh, I can ritually cast everything. Like actually having to like gamify it a little bit is kind of more fun. It's kind of mm. what I was getting. Mm-hmm. So those are all the official, she says in quotation marks, all the yeah. Wizards of the Coast ones, but there is one more, which do you want to introduce? Yeah, we did mention it last week. We uh, did. The one we did the thing, but it is the College of Tragedy. Mm. Not all grand co- stories conclude in triumph and victory. Many tales end with death and despair. And bards of the College of Tragedy know that sorrow and pathos are emotions just as potent as joy and delight. These bards specialize in the power of tragic storytelling, weaving <laughs> words and spells together to dramatic and devastating effects. So, yeah. It's a little bit sad. It's a little bit sad, but it's nice because yeah. all the other ones, either the spooky, spooky horror mm. or upbeat or a bit smug. Yeah. This one is like pure tragedy from Matt Mercer from his Critical Role campaign. And I think this is great because it's a real like, you know, it's a, an absolute tradition of 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 theatre. Tragedy mm-hmm. is like, it's a classic, you know, and you just think so, 
you have poetry and misery. When you join the College of Tragedy at third level, you learn to harness the beauty in failure, finding inspiration in even the direst twists of fate. When either you or an ally within 30 feet of you rolls a one on a d20 for an attack roll, an ability check or a saving throw, you can use your reaction to soliloquize and regain one expended use of your bardic inspiration thing. Nice. So you don't get to change what's on the dice. You're like, oh, well, whoa, is this? You know, and yeah. then you say, mechanically, I get that back. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, your suffering was noted. I, will, I feed off your suffering. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, though. I think that's quite funny. Then uh, sorrowful fate, which is you exploit a foe's peril to instill deep feelings of sorrow and doom. You or an ally you can see fortunes a creature to make a saving throw. You can spend one use of your bardic inspiration to change the type of saving throw to a charisma save instead. Right. Mm-hmm. If the target fails to save, roll a bardic inspiration die. The target will then take psychic damage equal to the result. It is plagued with regret. No regret to report. If the target is reduced to zero hit points during this time and can speak, they are magically compelled to utter darkly poetic final words before succumbing to their injuries, which is the no regret to report. Or, you know, or just like. Alas, poor Yorick. Well, I was thinking, again, because we've been watching a lot of Demon Slayer recently for an upcoming uh, thing, that all those demons, when they die... Yes, they have to have a soliloquy. They talk about themselves for bloody ages, but it's... Oh, for God, they do, yeah. Again, it feels very sort of anime, that sort of thing, like, I will... But then very sorrowful and emotional with some of those flashbacks. So, yeah, I love that. I think it's it's very cool. I think just anyone who dies to your blade as a college tragedy has to do the darkly poetic final words. I mean, it's a lot of work on the DM, perhaps, but maybe I I would hand hand over the reins to the players and say to play perhaps but oh yeah that's what i mean it's on yeah i think the players then have them ready yeah tale of hubris at sixth level you learn to weave a magical narrative that draws out the fatal arrogance of your foes when a creature scores a critical hits against you or an ally within 60 feet of you that you can see you can use reaction and expend one of your bardic inspiration die to target the attack creature and evoke the story of their downfall for one minute or until the target suffers a critical hit any weapon attack against the target scores a critical on a roll of 18 to 20 cool at level six yeah, it's level six and 17 to 20 at 14th level that's so cool that is so cool like at level six for one minute until it suffers one so that's 10 rounds chance i mean to... but uh, yeah but it's i find i find every time i'm like yeah i'm gonna get a critical hit and i never do but in the so... final battle you, Vecna, you do not see the error of your ways. You are so filled with hubris with your eye in your hand. You shall fall <laughs> to this blade, the blade of my barbarian. <laughs> and that's when you send that to the barbarian. The barbarian's just fishing for rolls and just does all your pally. He's going to just do the critical and then ultimate smite. I just now see Vecna going, having that moment of reflection, going, yes, I am full of hubris. And just be like, yes. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I did go too far. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Because oh. in this, he's, he's played by Keanu Reeves in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Dude. Dude, why did I take my eye out? I don't know, dude. I mean, there's no no real spoilers for the Planescape adventure, but there is like a lich that you meet really early on. And I just, now I'm, they're going to be Keanu Reeves uh, should, in the in the morning. Can you make them, I think you should have them Keanu Reeves, at Bill and Ted, but the Ted is like Vecna's hand talking to him like this. <gasps> dude, excellent. <laughs> excellent. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, level six, impending misfortune. So at level six, your words can twist the power of fate to create triumph from the promise of future despair. When you make an attack roll or a saving throw, you gain a plus 10 to the roll, but the next attack roll or saving throw you make is a minus 10 penalty. If it's not used, this penalty disappears when you finish a short or long rest. This is great. You think it's the final hit, you know, like you've got to make this attack. Yeah, this is like your final desperation. You're going, got it. And so you're leaving yourself completely exposed to whatever the next attack is. I love it though. I love it though, because it's so cool. It's so like, again, thematic to it, but also just like, yeah, this could be the what? This could be the hit. Just do it. This is what this they're made for. They're, this is made for final battle stuff because it's like, yeah. here you go, crits on a 17. Here you go. Plus dead to a roll, you know. Yeah, yeah. It feels more and more epic, and yet that's at level six as well. That that yeah. impending misfortune, and then finally level fourteen. We talked about this last time. The Nimbus of Pathos. Again, all these uh, class features are so well titled as well. This really, really evocative. So upon reaching fourteenth level, you can touch a winning creature as an action and empower it with tragic heroism for one minute. The creature is surrounded by mournful music and ghostly singing. It's almost like a swan song, like you know, like a final uh, bit in a cowboy film. That's what I was thinking of. It gains the following benefits and drawbacks. So that creature has plus four to AC, advantages on attack rolls and saving throws. When it hits a target with a weapon attack or spell attack, that target takes another 1d10 of radiant damage, and any weapon attack against the creature causes uh, scores a critical hit on an 18 to 20. But when the effect ends, you drop to zero hit points and are immediately dying. It's oh, it's so good that because like 10 rounds of combat, which is one minute, you could just say do it just go for it it's the final battle yeah having that impending misfortune and the nimbus of pathos together just <sighs> and the tale of hubris all together because then you're critically you're giving people easy crits as well i just think yeah. cool it's pretty cool it's pretty damn cool and so yeah so as a support uh subclass i i think mostly others are so good Way mm-hmm. it buffs, way, way it sort of debuffs. Yeah, really love this one. Interesting. Top most recent comment at the bottom of the page. Mm-hmm. I love rogues in general, but I always end up playing bards. That's my <laughs> face. <laughs> Looking back over all these subclasses and bards in general, like, I feel like I definitely should consider bards more which i know sounds so silly mm. like i never considered them as uh, one that i would like to play and maybe it's because i've always seen obviously uh law and valor being the main ones being used because mm. they've been around the longest but actually all these other colleges you know whispers uh swords uh even the the tragedy one all of them are really mm. interesting i just yeah. feel like for me like the the weakest one is that uh the creation one a little bit one. yeah and law to an extent i guess glamour's great glamour's i love glamour great. glamour's really yeah. fun i think they are the they're magical rogues they're the magical rogues i think whilst rogues can be magical because you can do arcane tricks there but i think i really do think you've got it's the adaptability the mm-hmm. options that you have available to you the major use of bonus actions which i think is always a positive uh because it's something that gets underused sometimes in other classes and yeah it's a lot and there's a lot one two three four five six seven eight official and one yeah unofficial which is pretty good like a lot of choice it's a lot of choice i'm trying to think like what other I mean, probably a lot of them do have it, but I'm just thinking, like, I mean, Artifice has only got a few. This feels enough. I think I'd, I'd love to say, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm sure on DM's Guild they'll have their own particular subclasses and stuff. And I think the later ones feel a bit more 
fleshed out or a bit more they know what their theme is but i guess we'll see with the with the new rule book and the new ua if any of that stuff's going to change yeah. you know like i said i feel like i would definitely consider multi-classing into bards more mm. perhaps because that's the thing obviously all these things you can multi-class in so like yeah maybe you have a rogue i mean obviously maybe not you know rogues are great anyway right all the way up to level 20 but if you had like a a, a bard subclass and a rogue and all you know if you built up all of that would be really yeah. cool i've definitely through going through this wanted to play them more mm-hmm. and yeah i think as you said the multi-classing because it's at six six level you get a lot of stuff in a lot of these subclasses that you know if you think like halfway six and then six on something else that you wanted you know or leveling them up to even like third level you get something so you're sort of going three three six six or something like that i think mm-hmm. you could you could get um some really interesting uh, multi-class in there. I don't, I, again i'm not a min maxer enough I'm, to know I'm what the they would the good ones are mm-hmm. i only know about coffee lock coffee lock what's that one is he able to cast as many spells as possible oh wow yeah it means it's i think it's a sorcerer and a warlock isn't it yeah, you can combine avoiding long rest with substituting long rest with eight short rest. The warlock short rest spells generate unlimited number of spell slots as the DM allows it, which they often do. Like, yeah, well, it makes sense. Coffee, because you're like constantly like, ah, you're you know, short you don't, nuts. You're having you, short naps. Yeah, yeah, you don't need to sleep. You don't need to sleep. I like that. Well, thank you so much, Hamilton, for, yeah. for going through all the colleges. Can I tell you a joke now, don't I? You do, but before you do, why yeah. don't we quickly sign off? So, okay. Uh, what's what's happening with you, my friend? What's happening with me? Well, it's coming out. Will we be at MCM? Will we be have been at MCM? We don't know. Yes. Either way, <laughs> there's a Demon Slayer thing that we're going to be doing, which Woo! I've got a print out that I did at work. That will be available to buy, so you can probably find that in some links to Demon Slayer. If you want to play Demon Slayers in Morkborg, mm-hmm. there are eight different types of demon slayer you can choose along with eight different slayer swords that have abilities that give you funky cool things talking yeah. about you know you can tell there's probably op because the amount i tell about how this is not op i'm giving you all the goods uh in this so if you want to um play mortborg and be a badass demon slayer you can find that uh has the stripes doing more necromunda i've got the big books here where i've been writing my gang law stuff Ooh, on the lots of notes house of blades of all things we're talking about blades house of earlier. blades so that's the Escher gang so i've been writing that and that should be coming out at some point and that's it i guess yeah because we'll be very busy at mcm uh also yes. as always we say every time but come say hello to us we'll be in the tabletop yes. zone uh yeah. look out for, we'll be on a uh, table with backward bastards uh look yep. for the yellow tablecloth uh we'll be hard to miss friday night we'll be doing dragon's duel saturday daytime we'll be doing the mort borg thing and saturday evening you're doing rising dtrpgs oh. yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna come up with a decent costume that can be both mort borg and also you know mm. when you have mort borg uh, in the afternoon but you have sexy battle wizards and <laughs> make sure i've got a good costume that covers both of them because i don't want to be taking stuff there but uh yeah looking forward to that but who are you what oh. are you? Oh. When are you? Ooh. Why are you? And oh. where are you? Right. Uh, uh, who am I? My name is Fiona. Uh, what am I? I'm a human being uh, <laughs> that's just doing their best that they can. When am I? Well, we're recording this uh, early October, hoping that it will come out before MCM. It definitely will. Uh, why am I? God, I need to talk to a therapist about all that sort of thing. <laughs> but where? I'm so glad you asked. Uh, as always, I run the What Am I Rolling podcast, which is a twice monthly RPG one-shot podcast. As always, it's going very, very it's well. It's always going very well. Yeah. It's always going very well. 
we've got some uh, interviews coming out. We've also got uh, Flabbergasted will have come to an end at this point. So we're probably doing the next one up will be ro- going Rogue 2E. So if you liked your Andor, if you liked going Rogue mm. uh, and you like you like very sad things, that's going to come out. To the, you like to the sad end. things. Do you like the, are you a college of tragedy bard? Uh, yes. I, I was, there was so much hubris in that game. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so that's coming up so that'll be really good uh, I'll be doing lots of improv stuff as well I'm hoping to do some more games in the future because uh, I'm I'm running out of content I, uh, turns out I've been so busy I've gone I need to schedule some more things um, you can also check out uh, Solemn Vale that's on Actual Play UK yes. that's out obviously so go check that out it'll be it'll be on uh, that podcast as well. you know what I do have content it's all fine um <laughs> Look at me! <laughs> I've been so busy, I've not got any content. Oh, I've got the busy stuff. Fiona did some spare content in the back. Um, but yeah, uh, it's just it's just all ticking along really nicely. And otherwise, we're nice. just doing DMs, book club, and it's all all lovely. And we get to talk awesome. about bards, so all good. Awesome, awesome. All right, I think that's everything. So now, do I get to tell mm. you a joke now? Oh yeah, tell me the joke now. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, fine. Right. Oh, now I've gone. We've started this now. Now I'm going to forget it, aren't I? Because right. like we've left it too long. But I'll try. Okay, right. Okay. right. Cheeky monkey joke. So, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> all right, you probably got me. That was good. <laughs> Yay! It's a good joke, right? I I was like, where are we going? To my favorite joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was incredible. Um. <laughs> There you go. It's very similar to my uh, blue fruitcake uh, joke, which I will tell you at another okay. point. But until right. then, uh, well, if you want to find out what that jo- the cheeky monkey joke is, come at come talk to us at MCM. <laughs> it, was, it was definitely good. Um, but with all that out of the way, thank you so yeah. much, people, and we will see you on the flip on the flip side. side. Bye. Bye. Bro. <laughs>